Let it breathe, let it breathe, let it breathe. What is going on? It is Sims and Lefko Monday edition of Off Season Live. We are on Facebook Live. And of course, shout out to everybody that subscribes on iTunes and listens to our podcast. Two a week. What up, two a week? And we got dirty hands on the jib over there. Hey, yeah. uh, shake the jib up and down for us, yeah. dirty hands. Dirty oh, dirty. there you go. Those things are dirty after this weekend. Uh, coming up on Wednesday, we are going to have uh, episode 123. If you didn't see or listen to 122 with Justin Pugh, I genuinely believe it was one of our best podcasts. Agreed. Had some great insight on Odell. He talked about how to fight people in the NFL. Uh, he talked about his own contract situation. We went McGregor and Mayweather, which, man, that was crazy. Yeah, well, it's gotten, Those guys it's gotten are crazier. Of, yeah. Uh, But we have uh, some cool stuff. So on Wednesday, we're going to talk about more Fendrick fighting breakdowns. I have some new Sims Raw reactions that I want to run by you. And possibly looking like a true special guest on Wednesday. Yes, it is. I don't want to say his name. Let's say it. All right. I'm putting him to this. is His feet are to the fire. He FaceTimed me on Friday morning. To ask me when we wanted to do it. So he's on the hook. On the Sims and Lefko podcast on Wednesday, available for download on Thursday, will be... Kyle Shanahan, head coach. Head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Yes. Man whose initials are tattooed on your leg. I just wish you guys were here so I could see those legs next to each other. <laughs> well, my legs are far more impressive, as is my tattoo. Uh, we have Anthony Nunez chiming in with Gettleman out of here, out of nowhere. Wow. And that is the big news that happened right before we started this. Dave Gettleman, the GM of the Carolina Panthers, has been let go. He is currently in the midst of contract negotiations with Thomas Davis and Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. Olson has discussed holding out. Uh, in the past, Gettleman has drawn hard lines in the sand with Jordan Gross. Remember, Steve Smith, he was let go. The Josh Norman situation is what caught everybody off guard. Uh, also, in the last... Wouldn't, wouldn't be shocked if that was really the downfall of his demise right In the there. last five minutes, right. uh, Josh Norman has posted a tweet of eyes and go, huh? Steve Smith has posted a picture of himself laughing. Right. And Ian Rappaport has... Uh, put out a report that said the Josh Norman one was where it all started. I would think so. Here is where I don't understand. Yes. Their number one assistant GM, Brandon Bean, left for Buffalo earlier this offseason. Right. Why would you let him go if you knew this was going to be an issue anyway? Maybe they were tr- trying to salvage it nonetheless. Uh, listen, there's there's things I like about Dave Gettleman, I think, for sure. Uh, and then there's other things I do question. One thing I know you like. Right. He builds inside out. He does. He goes for D-lineman and O-lineman before does. corners and wide receivers. But he did let the o- uh, – what, what I would think Dave Gettleman's biggest issue is is he's a step slow. He's never – like – here we are. We've been talking about their offensive line not being good for three years, and they've kind of just slowly right. gone about it, right? Secondary issues have been going on. Really, the year they went 15-1, and one, we weren't sitting there going, wow, this is a really talented secondary. That was one of the downfalls of their team, the yes. secondary. But they were coached really well by McDermott. They got a guy like Ron Rivera who knows the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but here you are also, I think, into the – like the Josh Norman thing would be, was the first thing that came to my eyes, that, I mean, to my mind, because that's weird. I mean, he that was, was a franchise tag – they were tagged cut, him. And they cut Remember? him and got nothing they for him. They tagged him, rescinded the tag, and then got nothing. And then had really had to start two rookie corners this year, yep. in Bradbury and Daryl Worley, who were not ready to start, especially Secondary Worley. Secondary got torched. No doubt. He and, also traded Coney Ely to the Patriots this season, which was his second-round pick a few years a ago. A few years ago. Shaq Thompson, first-round pick. We've talked about him. Doesn't get on the field a whole lot. No. In fact, last year when Keekly got hurt, they didn't even put Shaq Thompson in. I just don't understand why they're firing him now. Okay, so this is where I knew you were going to go with. And I think this, and and you tell me if I'm an idiot. Go, no, I, I think you're wrong. I would love nothing more than Th- to tell you you're not. <laughs> this is... This is actually, in my eyes, the best time of the year to do it. Really? Yes, it's the best. There's nothing to do. The draft has been taken care of. Free agency has been signed. Right. We're just getting ready to go to training camp. It, and really, the evaluation of the players, more times than not, is going to come down to the coaches and their position, right? The secondary coach is going to go in and go, no, these are our six best secondary players. Another question. And, because Thomas Davis and we know that now Greg that Olson is a wanted contracts, a, yes. is there any way that the owner goes to him and goes, listen, guys, will take care of you eventually, but we got a lot of moving parts right now. It can slow down the demands of player contracts because you don't have a guy to negotiate against. I think that's very fair. You're right. And and, uh, our man Jerry Richardson, the owner, maybe he is playing that angle. But again, I think I I look at it more than anything is just 
you know, where we always look at New England seems to be a step ahead, yes. right? Some of the better, like here we are, like like a guy like Greg Olson should have been done in the off season easily. Let's just get him signed up, get him for a nice little number, get him some more guaranteed money, and get it out of the way. Like, what, yeah. what, what's the point of like fighting with your key go-to weapon for the last what is it five six years now? Mm. Anthony Noon saying the team jumping GMs at weird timing. Kansas City, Carolina, Kansas City did the exact same thing. If mm-hmm. you remember. They lost Chris Ballard to Indy, who was the rising star, and then fired John Dorsey a little yeah, bit later. Right. Uh, Phil McRensselberg saying, is John Dorsey the guy that they should target? I don't know. If you read any of the reports in Kansas City, all the reports were John Dorsey's enjoying relaxing at the job, and he walks around. Uh, the one name that I came up with yes. was your best bud, uh, Patriots VP of Player Personnel, Nick Casario. No doubt about it. He would be perfect. I mean, it really, Gettleman uh, from the Giants, right, the New York Giants, he's got history with them there's a lot of carryover between the Giants and how they do things organizationally and the New England Patriots as well that would certainly fit yes I mean Nick Casario it's just about whether he wants to move his family Nick Casario uh is got a job basically whenever he wants it but anywhere but he's content being the second man in charge with basically Bill calls the final shot but he does all the dirty work right uh and acts as the GM and then goes Bill here's where we are I've narrowed it down to these five guys whatever and Bill makes a decision our guy Steve Day Donato commenting saying, man, Game of Thrones and Sims and Lefko within 24 Whoa! hours? How, How many are we? rapes and pillages were there last night in Game of Thrones? For people that don't know, uh, I've watched every Game of Thrones and Sims hates it because he put on one episode, he saw a baby get killed and then a rape scene and went, nope, and then not the, going to do it. I've actually, and then in the next week I turned it on and they were literally having a conversation in the fore scene and in the back scene some woman was laying on the table and some gross man was just over the top of going back and forth on Four it. scene okay. and back scene, a.k.a. <laughs> foreground and background. Uh, so when you, Four- hear, when you hear people getting really excited about Game of Thrones, what do you think? Uh, uh, are I you th- like nerds? Are you like, why are you putting yourselves through this? It's a little crazy to me, a little bit. It's a little bit like, I feel like Trekkies or Star Wars now. It's like this is the new generation. But it does seem like it's a big deal. And everybody I know, and Bleacher Report, I mean, we've made a whole parody off it with Game of Zones. Oh, so, so good. It's obviously a big deal. I, so I think good. at some point in time I'll probably watch it, but I'm just not going to be the guy that goes every Sunday I night. will never be someone that goes, how can you not watch this? Like, this is crazy. There are so many things that people recommend. Oh, you got to read this book. Oh, there's a million shows. Netflix, Hulu, yes. HBO, all this stuff. There's right. so many things to see. And and I'm like, oh man, I can't believe you're not watching Game of Thrones. No, man, dude, you got kids. I don't know how you watch anything. The one show I always go, like, are you serious? You've never watched that, or you don't like that? Seinfeld. That's the one where people say that to me, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you don't like Seinfeld? You you need to reevaluate your brain. By the but way, there are people that by the way, Game of Thrones does matter to Sims and Lefko because Chris, if you don't know this, Chris's dad is a character in Game of Thrones. George R. R. Mountain, the writer, uh, he was a huge Giants fan growing up. And if you remember the Wildlings, the big giant, his name was One One. Guess what number Phil Sims wore in the NFL? One One Eleven. Your dad is back. One one's back. One one is back, but he's a zombie giant. Ah, he's a he's a White Walker, so he's dead. That was the big. The reveal. real one one is white, they, and he walks. <laughs> I'll tell you what, your dad is like a white. He's walker. The whitest guy Your ever. whole family is White Walkers. <laughs> Phil's taking it to another level because he's like worried about his skin, skin cancer. So he's issue. walking out with just like we call him the vampire. I literally tell my dad, I go, listen, I'd rather you come outside and have fun with us in the pool and die five years earlier, then you sit in the house, wait for the sun to come down, and we get like an hour with you. So he like, just sits in the shade. Like all day long. And I'm like, Can I'll, you I'll, see his veins? Like go, is he that white? Yes. He's like Ew. translucent. He yeah, we got to give like a, we gotta, what is it called when you bring someone in a room and you talk to them? Uh, heart to heart? Intervention. <laughs> Thank you. We had to have a Phil Sims son intervention. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Adam Lane. Chris Sims is a character in Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, uh, want to give trailer a sh- trash. Uh, Queen Kira Clark. Good to see you, Omar Judah. Our uh, he's our Swisher sweet guy. What up? Back. All right. So uh, are we, uh, 
we put up in our Facebook post, we're going to talk about the Zeke uh, issue. Yeah. And there was a lot of people that said, how can you talk about something that there's no evidence about and we're already killing the guy? Yeah, we're not. So Tell let me anybody. read you the report mm-hmm. and I'll literally say the first thing that I had written down about Zeke. Dallas police were called to a restaurant called Clutch Restaurant and the bar around 9.30 p.m. They arrive, and an extremely drunk guy tells them that he had his nose broken. The victim's friend tells police it was, quote, that Dallas Cowboys running back, unquote. Ah. Reports are that Elliot punched the victim after the victim had gotten to a verbal altercation with a woman that Elliot was with. No arrests. No suspects, no complaints, and the NFL says we are currently gathering information. My first take was, screw everybody that messes with athletes at bars because you're drunk and you feel like you can talk shit about somebody because they're right there. Uh, you guys are the worst people ever that walk up to athletes or celebrities and you're like, hey man, your fumble cost me my fantasy league last year. Or, ew, what are you doing with this guy? You know that he's got domestic violence in the past. Like, if you, t- I don't care if you're an athlete or a celebrity, if you're going to aggravate me and the woman that I'm with, guess what? I'm probably going to step to you. Well, I had to get pulled back from a dude on the street the other day because he looked at me the wrong way. Listen, I mean, and I, I'm a little, I'm a little hot-headed. Well, I, I mean, get, but I, I mean, that point is justified right off the bat. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times uh, I've seen guys have other people. I, I'm talking about players that I was yes. teammates with. People get up in their face. They try, hey, get a, get away. They respect them. Right. They come up again. They get in their face again. They try to say, yeah. get away. And then the third time they get in their face and they like want to get physical. And then they get mad and press charges when they get their ass beat by an NFL football player. And I don't understand. So that happens a lot. The response is always, he needs to be smarter. He needs to be more aware. He needs to take himself out of the situation. Yeah. One, we don't know how many times he tried to get himself out of the situation. Mm-hmm. But the rich guy's ever the one starting the fight. I don't understand why it's the suspect and Ezekiel Elliott. Why are why is this guy's name not out there? I know. Why We're are... getting a public shaming of Ezekiel Elliott right. when I'd like to go to the Facebook page of the guy that got involved. Right. So like you know, the first thing I thought of was like the Darrell Revis incident, right? Like Darrell Revis with the, his buddy punched out the dude on the streets of yes. Pittsburgh. Listen. You shove a cell phone in people's face and you're taking videos of them and they tell you to stop and then you keep doing it. And then, oh, Darrell Reeves' friend punched you out because you didn't listen. Like what happens to invasion of privacy there as well? Now, I'll say this. There's a little too many trends with Ezekiel Elliott right now. and That's why it gets a little It's hairy. a little scary. Now, yeah, we don't have evidence on all these things. But, hey, just like anything where there's smoke, there's fire usually. And... To add that, you know, as I told you during the draft process, that teams were concerned about Ezekiel Elliott off the field. Most people in the NFL, first of all, knew he be- was a big party. Believe Ohio State has a party problem. I mean, I had certain front office people in the NFL tell me they think Ohio State has a Molly problem. It was Molly specifically. MDMA. Right. So that in itself. And yeah, here we are. This guy's a young career, super he, talented. He's turning 22 right. in four days. He's 21 years old. A child old. still. He's a child. Yes. And yet we hold him to the same standards. You know, Tony Romo wouldn't do that. It's like Tony Romo's a grown man with kids. Zeke is 21. And my question is, why does this happen in Dallas? Is this the nightlife scene in Dallas? Like, why has this historically been an issue? It's the Wild West in Texas. I mean, can I tell you how many times I was at the University of Texas and had idiots come up to me and maybe my Jersey friends had to knock them in the face and punch them or someone of my te- Texas It's teammates? crazy the advice that we give is you should have your friend punch him in the face. Or, your, or, or, but in this day and age, like I also like the old school people who are always like, you know, what happened to just when people settle it with their fists? Now it's guns and knives. Here we go. Ezekiel might have settled with his fist, but we're going to be angry at him. Yeah. Now, if he had the gun on him, oh, shit. You know the problem? You know the problem with a black athlete having his friends punch him? Now, now you got Phil Jackson saying you got a posse. <laughs> or, so you're either going to get a posse or you're going to commit something, or you're just going to get berated and have to leave. Or most white people don't really know. They, it's like it's it's not a like it's a real thing. Like white people sometimes can't tell the difference between black people. Black people all look alike, you know. They like laugh and joke that like. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the guy in Pittsburgh had no idea if Darrell Revis punched him. Right. Michael Rodriguez says we wouldn't be talking about it if it was Gronk. No, if this happened with Gronk, we'd be saying the guy probably deserved it. Gronk's just doing what Gronk does. Agreed. But I do say that the the current question
question about a possible suspension about Zeke makes this seem crazy. Yes. My last question for you is, with everything that's happening with the suspensions and this, do we ever look at your buddy Jason Garrett and go, yo, bro? Well, how much do you put on the coach when something like this happens? I don't off put the a field? lot on Jason Garrett because Jason Garrett has no call on the players that are signed or drafted. Right. So these are things where I do think Jason Garrett, in his natural human being way, would shy away from some of the people they have signed the last few years because of their personality. Jason's a very conservative. Very. He likes respectful, hardworking people. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that he would have signed or drafted some of the guys they have done, but that's the way Jerry operates, yes. and that's also why he likes having Jason as his head coach because he knows Jason is really good with a lot of different personalities and can relate to anybody in any walk of life. Yeah, Queen Kira Clark bringing up, hey, the guy was also really drunk, the one that complained. Yeah, of in course, the police, I'm sure it's his fault. In the police report... He was described as extremely drunk. Like, that was the word choice. But, yeah, I'm just saying to everyone out there, you're going to hear a lot of stories talking about how he needs to grow up, discipline, all that stuff. People need to start talking about the people that start these issues mm-hmm. because I don't. I, I'm tired of athletes being the only people that get in trouble. More times or not, the th- like I said, the, the things I have witnessed in my day, it's the bi- innocent bystander per se quotation marks that is the child of the situation yeah. who inflame the situation and then they're mad. Like I said, when the athlete puts it to rest, and then all of a sudden the athletes put themselves inside their basement, they build a bar inside their house, they have their friends come over, and then we wonder why the athletes aren't a part of the community anymore why don't you go out and be a man of the people right. why because the people get punched in the face and right. then sue me right. all right let's go to uh two guys this is the last day to sign a long-term contract if you have been tendered a franchise tag there are three guys tremaine johnson Le'Veon bell kirk cousins i'm gonna be honest not interested in tremaine johnson no it's been i don't know how he gets franchise tagged anyway he's not even a top five co- it's a long thing anyway yeah Kirk Cousins and Le'Veon Bell. Let's talk Le'Veon Bell first. Sure. Le'Veon Bell, he is 25 years old. His franchise tag is for $12.1 million, which is $4 million per year more than the next, than the highest guy in the NFL, in uh, LaShawn McCoy. Yes. So, unlike uh, Kirk Cousins, who he's the fifth, Le'Veon is number one with the franchise tag. Um, What would Sims do here? If you were Le'Veon, would you be pushing for a, for a long-term contract, which won't give you $12 million a year, or would you really try and get that long-term contract and the guaranteed money? That I, goes I, I am going for the long-term contract guaranteed money. That's where Even I'm if going. it's less than $12 million a year? Yes, because still, if he signs, let's just say, a five-year, $50 million contract, right, and maybe he can get $25 million guaranteed, and basically that'll be a two-year, $25 million contract, right? So he's got that on the books. And then if he just stays healthy for those two years, he'll get a free third year too where it'll probably be another $10, $12 million, if not asking him to renegotiate and sign another contract that will give him a little more guaranteed security. That would be my... uh, That's what Sims would do. That's what Sims would do. I have a take on this. Okay. Le'Veon Bell and what he does with his contract will change the landscape of the running back position in the next three years. Sounds very simple. Here's the reason why. Right. Right now, the top running back contract that's actually a contract is $8 million a year. Right. Le'Veon needs to get in the 10 to 12. Yes. Since he was drafted as the 16th pick in the second round, we have had five players drafted in the first five running backs drafted in the first round. 2015, Todd Gurley at 10, Melvin Gordon at 15. 2016, Ezekiel Elliott at 4. 2017, Leonard Fournette at 4. Right. Christian McCaffrey at 8. Right. Kirk Cousins, quarterbacks are always going up. Yes. Running backs, like Lamar Miller got a big deal, but he only got $6 million a year. So if if Le'Veon can go over eight, can get into double digits, yes. the Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon contracts will go above that. Yes. Do not forget about David Johnson, who will be up there as well. Right. Then Elliott, then Fournette. All of a sudden, we might be nearing $13, $14, 15000000 million for a running back. Yes. It's going to be a huge issue in the NFL. But I think Le'Veon is the one because I don't think anyone else's statistics in that group will match up to Le'Veon when he reaches this contract. No. The receiving yards, maybe David, David Johnson is going to be the guy. The yes. receiving yards, the yards, the percent of offense of the team uh 
And he did this with suspensions as well. He missed which what? Is, was that the first two games last year? First three. Was the he first missed three, three games, right. and he still was like a, a top like MVP guy. I think Le'Veon needs to get paid big. I say he does not take a long-term deal. I think the $12 million a year, he uses that for next year you, to try and get that as a hard-line salary. Uh, you, you, well, that's not a bad thought. I mean, so yeah, just to up 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 his his asking price for next year. I, go, made I made 12 million a year, and now you year. want to pay me nine. Yeah, that makes no sense, and I performed, right? Yes. So uh, he could do this either way. And he's 25, so he's got, you know, he's, he can get two more contracts. 25 if, I don't know the does a really good job of never letting you hit him, like, square. He's great at, like, just, you know, taking the edge of a big hit, or he's got incredible quickness, as we all know. I mean, his quickness is up there with LaShawn McCoy. Um, if you saw him in person, he's built to last the test oh. of time a little bit, no doubt about it. Good kid, works hard. He... Like Odell Beckham Jr. in my eyes, maybe even more in this case, I think Le'Veon Bell has Pittsburgh by the kahunas big time. The Steelers without Le'Veon Who Bell. Who is their running back right now if they don't have Le'Veon Bell? Because they've already played hardball with D'Angelo Williams. And Niall, we're going to go with Niall Davis? He's going to come in and learn the Pittsburgh system He's and run slot receiver routes and do all this stuff? Right. So, uh, to me, this is a team that... Their window the is like this big. It's exactly right. We're coming to the end. And we've been talking about for the last three years how exciting it's going to be to see this team all together healthy. There's always been something. Last year's Martavis Bryant, yep. right? I mean, the year before that, Le'Veon Bell got hurt. Yep. They've had the offensive line injuries here and there. So how many articles did I also read last year that said the Steelers have officially transitioned from the air Big Ben offense to the ground and pound Le'Veon Bell? Well, I would like their to, offensive identity. First of all, and I would like to say that we started that. We were the yeah. first ones to go, no, this is the changing of the guard. They have changed that their, their offensive philosophy. So to me, um, he has to find a way. I, I still would like to see him get more guaranteed money. Uh, some long-term security because it's still running back position yes. and it's only one stupid tackle by Avantes oh. Perfect and then all of a sudden your knee's gone and you're gonna, it takes a year and a half to get healthy. Johnny Garcia said Bell hasn't finished 16 games yet. Injury and suspensions combined, absolutely. So is that an argument, though, to not pay him or more of an argument for him to not play? I mean, that's that's because sometimes people argue that. They go, well, that's why they shouldn't. If I'm Le'Veon Bell, I'm asking for a three-year contract with a lot of guaranteed money. I'll go shorter, but give me a lot of guarantees, and then he's out of the contract at 28. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here are the top running backs right now by yearly salary. Number two, Le'Veon Bell's number one. Uh, number two is LaShawn McCoy and Jonathan Stewart at $8 million a year. Number th- uh, four is Doug Martin at 7.15. Number five is Leonard Fournette. So a rookie is the fifth highest paid running back. That's insane. Then it goes Lamar Miller, Chris Ivory, DeMarco Murray, Zeke, and then Giovanni Bernard, who's still on his rookie contract. Yeah, right. so it's the, unbelievable. The rookie contracts. There you go. I mean, hey, guys like DeMarco Murray, who led the NFL, I mean, his total contract is four years, $25 million. That's not acceptable. No. Like, Le'Veon Bell needs to get four years, $40 million, get like $25 million guaranteed. We want Le'Veon Bell to make them uh, hurt. Kirk Cousins is in the freaking driver's seat. In the Sims and Left... I just wanted to say last thing. Sorry, I was coughing at myself there. I know. I I burped and coughed at the same time. But LaShawn, five years, $40 and he got 18.2 guaranteed at signing. Le'Veon Bell should beat that number. He could get five, if you want to do five years, forty million, great. But he should get somewhere in the twenty-five, yeah. twenty-eight range, million guaranteed. Kirk Cousins is in the Sims and Lefko pantheon of players that stuck it to the league. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Cha-ching. Oh, we're gonna franchise tag you and hope you have an average year. Oh, only has like the best year of his career. Look at the salary jump. Twenty fifteen, he made less than nine hundred thousand dollars. Last year, he made almost twenty million. This year, he's scheduled to make. 24 million. If he gets franchise tagged next year, he'd be making 35. The big thing that I saw Schefter tweet out was, you know, they could transition tag him and then only owe him 28.7 million last year. But that allows teams to make plays for him and opens up trades and stuff. Makes plays and then you can make contracts and 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 word them in a way where some teams might not be able to match them because of a certain amount of money allotted yes. to a certain year. Uh, do you think? Do you? Ex- it looks like he's going to play under the franchise tag yes which means in the last two years he'll have made you know a 40 plus million dollars which is pretty darn awesome 
If you're going to San Francisco. We have a tweet that'll address that. A2 low 11, Anthony. Now that Kirk didn't sign, it's should Kyle and the Niners talk to the Skins about a trade? Why? When they know Why? they can get them next year and just give them a new long-term deal. What the deal. hell are they supposed to do? That's what's going to be really interesting. I mean, this has been the perfect storm for Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, changing head coaches, the RG3 debacle. Oh, gosh, you've had a little success, but we're not sold on it. Oh, wow, you had more success, but we lowballed you on your last contract, and now you're angry at us, and there's another coach who you really love who drafted you out there who's maybe the best offensive mind yeah, in the game. You have, you have two and, former offensive coordinators that are now head coaches. Right, and we've disrespected you in a lot of ways, and I think that is where Kirk just looks at it and goes – I don't think he wants to be back there. I do think he is going to try his hardest to renegotiate. I mean, to re-associate uh, himself with Kyle Shanahan in-, in San Francisco. The interesting thing is going to be we talked about this a little bit. Is just it doesn't sound like Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder are in love with the Shanahan family, and mm. are they going to pay extra or find some other way? Or deal him somewhere else just to make sure. I feel bad for Kyle. Yes, but if Kirk Cousins gets paid that amount of money for spiting another coach, good for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I'm happy that Kirk is able to kind of get this. Uh, I've met him a few times. You almost don't think he's a really an NFL player. Yeah, I know. You meet him and you're like, like I, if he were in this office, I'd be like, are you in sales? <laughs> like you're just happy to be here? And he goes out there and the clips of him are always great. He threw for almost 5,000 yards last, yards last year. His offensive line is going to protect him. Yep. Uh, they got Terrell Pryor, so they got him another weapon, even though they lose to Sean. Yep. Jamison Crowder is coming to his own. Josh if Dotson. Jordan Reed is healthy, Josh Doxon's going right. to be there. I should expect him to have a good year. Defense should be better. And I also... I also feel like Jay Gruden wants him to get paid. Yeah, I do too. Jay's an ex-quarterback. Jay, I, I do think Jay, first of all, just being there last year a little bit, knowing Jay. Yeah, I, they like Kirk Cousins. Listen to the way John Gruden talks about uh, Kirk Cousins when they do Redskins games. That's always a clue to just read between the lines. Oh, yeah. If John's talking really good about him, that means Jay's been talking about good about him and they both agree that he's playing well. So he's a guy, to me, slam dunk, he would, he would be a guy that I would want to be the face of my organization or my Quarterback. How much would you trade if you were Kyle, like, let's say, after this year? You you would not make the trade right now? No, I would not. I, w- I would You'd wait let this season play off? Yes. It's great as a coach. It is. Bringing the big gun the second year so that the first year was growing pains. Right. How much would you trade for him, though? Gosh. How many picks? Well, you're going to have to pay him a huge contract, right. so that has to be taken into account. So, you know, listen, it, you're certainly going to get if you if they called the Redskins and the Redskins felt like okay, let's just deal them and get something. I mean, I, I think realistically, they probably wouldn't be able to get as much as they got from Sam Bradford because mm. of the contract issue. So mm. maybe you get a first rounder and a third rounder, but you're going to know you're going to have to pay like sixty million in guaranteed. That has to be a part of the trade cut talk on Wednesday's podcast. You think Kyle will talk about that? Well, I mean, we can ask him. Yeah. What do you he'll, think? He'll stutter and go, you know, he'll make up some coach speak and not really answer the question. Hey, has he gotten good at coach speak? No, he's not. It's, he's not good at coach speak yet, so we're, we're going to have fun with him. We're going to oh, put him man. to the test. Yeah, we got to lay some booby traps from on Wednesday. Yeah, we do. And he's got a beard growing right now. He looks like the last – he FaceTimed me, like I told you, on Friday. He he looks like he's trying to look like the most interesting man in the world right now. That's ah, what he looks like. Dos <laughs> uh, All right, let's go to a story that was over this weekend. Uh, Matt Patricia, defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. If you remember, Patriots are coming off the plane after winning the Super Bowl. Matt Patricia with his beard and his beer belly and his hat, backwards hat that he needs to wash, walks off the plane in a bright blue barstool sports shirt that has Goodell's face on it with a clown nose. Yeah. and apparently, according to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, Goodell is still upset that he did that. And then Florio went on to say that it could hurt Patricia getting head coaching opportunities because he's saying teams wouldn't want to upset the league. No. he One, do you think there's some truth to that? I do. I do think there's some. In fact, I know there's some truth. I've talked to people that like were a little disappointed to see that he went that route. Yes, most owners, first of all, are not on the side of New England with this argument. So they don't like that at all, and and to begin with, 
And yes, most owners don't want a head coach that they feel like is going to speak out against the league. Roger Goodell's their guy. I mean, he was Robert Kraft's guy too until the flight game. Exactly. And, you know, I really like Matt Patricia. I, I think the next thing you were going to ask is yeah, I do think he, from what I know in New England, I think he is the guy that's next in line. I do think well, a lot of people think it's Josh McDaniels. That see, look, if you looked around the NFL, no, Josh McDaniels right. is the top coaching candidate. Right. Why wouldn't he be the guy to replace Belichick? And you you think Patricia is actually the guy that's probably next in line I for do. Belichick. Just the people I know in the building there and the feeling, I think a lot of people think that, yes, he is. he has kind of endeared himself to Bill, Mr. Kraft, and he might be the next guy to step in. Uh, I don't think he's worried about, like again, just like a Nick Casario or a Josh, they're content up there winning, playing ball. They're making good money as coordinators, and they have families, so they're not looking just to go get an instant crash, cash grab. You know, the one thing you got to think about with coaching in New England, Lefko, is this. You get playoff money, big playoff money every year. What are we it talking? Makes, I mean— if What's you, a defensive coordinator getting? If he ends up, so if uh, I would say Matt Patricia, let's say maybe getting anywhere between one point five two million dollars as a D coordinator, extra. No, just uh, just as his base salary, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. right around there. Offensive coordinator, same thing, maybe about two million. Josh, one point five two million. But no, you're going to get another extra, let's say two hundred thousand every year. You go to the playoffs and you go into the playoffs or get into the Super Bowl. So I have I've always said this. Right. Sometimes uh, everybody wants to to level up. Everybody wants to be a head coach and they want to run the team, whether it's based off of proving it to yourself or ego, whatever it is, everybody wants to get to that spot. And a lot of times in business, you see this all the time, people get promoted one step maybe further than they should and they come crashing down to earth and everything that you've done seems like a disappointment because you didn't do it at that big stage. Yes. Sometimes people should be really excited to have the jobs they have. Matt Patricia is a defensive coordinator. He has three Super Bowl rings. He is working in a perfectly streamlined office, and he's having fun, and he's making a gosh darn lot of money. And he, you know what? He's going to go down as one of the best defensive coordinators of all time he because is. of all this. Yes. Maybe he doesn't w- worry about that. I don't think it does. I don't you think know it's who that shirt endeared him. him to? Bob Kraft. And the Boston fans. And the Boston fans. But uh, Why I, leave the Patriots? I, I, yeah, I'm with you. Now, you know, Why leave Google to go to a startup and go, man, I hope I – it's going to take me 17 years to do what Belichick did. Yeah, well, you know how it is, though. Also, everybody wants to be king in their world at some point. From the vibe that you know of him, is yeah. he someone that you think has that? I do, you know, I do think he has the mantra and the ability to command a room to be a head coach. I don't think he's just thriving at the mouth, ego, like drooling, like, I got to be a head coach. Coach, I need more power. Throw you know more, more, more. No, he's not like that. He's a he's a kind of a selfish guy. That's why I was shocked about the shirt. And once again, I mean, what we're wearing the shirt? Why? Because your quarterback got caught taking air out of the football, and we're mad at that. Again, I just don't think people like maybe time can heal. We don't know where the two ball guys are anymore. They are off face of the earth. We found Saddam Hussein in a hole in Iraq. Nobody knows where the ball guys are. So if things were not guilty and Tom didn't do anything, they'd probably still be working for the Patriots. But nobody, nobody knows where they are. I've talked to people in J.J. Yaskremski's hometown, and they have said, like, it's hilarious. Like, nobody in the hometown knows where he's gone. He's wiped off the face of the earth. 70 text messages to J.J. Yastrzemski the day he is getting interviewed by the league. Okay, I know I'm hitting the table. Destroying your cell phone, and we can't find the ball boys. That's all you need to know. Sorry. So that's where I got mad at the clown thing. I mean, come on. Are you serious? No. Goodell was worried about the NFL. Tom Brady took air to the footballs. Tom Brady was the like one of the faces of the NFL. You can't do that. What's really funny is you know how teams work. It's the Lou Holtz model. Monday and Tuesday, you tell them they don't have a chance. Wednesday and Thursday, you guys are getting ready. Saturday morning, we're going to kick the living crap out of them. <laughs> yeah. I've always thought the Goodell hate was locker room motivation. Nobody wants us to win. They're suspending our guy. We all know it's bullshit. Let's get out there and get it. Sure. And also, they come back from 28-3. to 3. Everybody's doubting us. They get up on the podium. It's the loudest booze I've ever ever heard of Goodell. They're all going online. Barstool Sports is bigger than it's ever been. They're getting tweeted out. He's friends with them. Yeah, F the league. We're going to do this. And it was t-shirt. Ha! I just, yeah, listen, I understand. But it's funny because it left the locker room. 
And it, now a lot of Boston fans are still saying, like, yeah, it was a witch hunt and all that stuff. No, it wasn't a witch hunt. Like, nobody in the NFL thinks it's a witch hunt. Everybody thinks Brady's guilty. Every Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame player, he's guilty. We know it. He should have uh, done it differently. He's still the man. He still was the aw- awesome against Seattle He in the Super Bowl that year. He was awesome last year in the Super Bowl. It was, it was epic. But it's just ridiculous to me. I mean, it's almost as ri- – for people to think Tom Brady didn't actually take out the deflate it means, like – to me, one another Boston reference, it's like you think Lee Harvey Oswell was the lone gunman in the JFK assassination. And if you think that, that means you believe in the magic bullet theory where a bullet went through the guy's body, took a right turn, then took a left turn, went through the guy's body, popped out of his knee, and then went into somebody else's body. That's how crazy this deflake shit sounds. So uh, We go. have uh, Johnny Garcia upset because we said uh, that McDaniels didn't want to go and be a head coach when he did. Look, McDaniels went to Denver, got way too much power too quickly as a GM then went to St. Louis and was an offensive coordinator. Yep. I'm going to be honest, man. When you go to some other franchises and see how poorly run they are, remember, this was not John Elway's Denver Broncos. This was broke Denver Broncos. I was they, there. Chris was Tell there. Him. They couldn't even afford his paychecks. Right. That's how bad financially they were. Yes. When you go to two crap organizations and the Patriots call you and go, can you please come here and win another Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, go back there, boost up your stock again to be a head coach. Yes. Josh McDaniels, you do believe, though, frothing at the mouth to be a head coach. I do. I mean, I, I think he... He's he, just waiting for the right fit. He is. He's waiting for the right fit. And he's got young kids. He's got four kids. He's married. They moved a lot there for a little bit. So he's waiting for that right spot, I think. Uh, but regardless, yes, I don't care. Josh McDaniels, for my money, is one of the best coaches in football. And I think he is just like Bill Belichick. Yeah, he might have failed at his first first stop. But there was issues within that organization in Denver, like you just mentioned. And I think he will be successful given the right situation the next time around. Phil Tregacer says, that's hilarious. The next 30 through 30, where are the New England ball boys? Hey, I, it's to me, I mean, TMZ finds everybody in the world, but we can't find these two guys. So what if I told you that when the ball – well, let me try that again. Let me try that again. <laughs> what if I told you that when the air left the balls, two men would never be seen from again? <laughs> this is the 30 for 30, the Patriot Ball Boys. By the way, they're gro- how old are these people? JJ is probably like your age. So he's like 30? Jim 31? McNally's like older. Then can we really call them Ball Boys? No, they were equipment managers. Okay. Right. okay. Yeah. But that's what we call them. What if I told you? <laughs> what? All right, hey, guys, do we have the video back there of the Sims thing? Uh-oh. Yes? Okay. All right, so uh, we have some Twitter questions. And, guys, load up on the uh, the comment section right now. Can we get an IV for Lefko? He's oh losing water right now. We don't have air conditioning right now, and I am freaking out. But I'm doing pretty well. I'm you sweating are. less than Justin Pugh did. You are. He was sweaty. He was sweaty. Uh, so we had some Twitter questions. Load up on questions right now in the Facebook, and I will try and crank them out at the end. But this one came uh, from Jer Schmidt, J.D. Schmidt. How many takes did Sims Fantasy Files video take? If you don't know, NFL.com, whatever, back in the day, used to have NFL players do Fantasy Files. Uh, This is the question from G.D. Schmidt. Uh, And yours was throwing balls into trash cans all over the place. They were fake. uh, But but if we have it, if we can roll it, and then the audio will explain on the podcast. Here it comes. Hold on. I think I was the second guy ever, really, to do this commercial. It was a kicker first. Too. It was a it was a draft me. It was a pick me pick me campaign. Oh, when they came to me and asked me about like fan, it was like fantasy football. I was like, what the hell is fantasy football? And they're like, yeah, we want you to do a commercial. You didn't for know it. what fantasy football? No, was. I mean this was two thousand what five or six. I'm I'm doing this commercial. And when did was when was fantasy football invented? A long time ago. Even before that? Yeah. Damn. But yeah, that, that's didn't. what I, th- I think it started to get big. Um, I don't know where the video is. So anyway. You're in there, and you're going, uh, pick me, pick, pick me. me, and you're throwing footballs. I remember uh, Chris Chambers caught two balls one-handed right. and caught another ball. Yep. It was very similar to the Evan Longoria video where it looks like he's saving a reporter by catching a ball one-handed. Uh what, did you actually make any of those throws? So, uh, so yeah, everything I did. I think the first thing we did is the the first one was me, uh, one of our equipment, or our grounds creek keeper, driving a golf cart with the with the garbage pail in the back. I hit that like I probably had to throw it out at fifteen times. I literally made that one probably like ten. Here we really? go. Really? We got the sound here. Oh, here we go. Uh <laughs> 
All right. So, but yes. So then I hit the I hit the moving target like probably ten out of fifteen times, like legit throws. Too. Yeah. Crossbar could do it for a living. I mean, I'm the really? king of the crossbar. I, I I've taken more money of NFL players from the crossbar contest than anybody in the history of the league. Well, what's I, the I most know. money you've taken off? I mean, the crossbar? It, just whoever wanted to mess with me in that game, whether it was the Mike Allstotts of the world, Mike Pittman's of the world, everybody wanted to piece me in the cross. Like, here we go. Do this. Check this out. Damn, I'm young. All right, so Chris drops back, lefty, throws it up. Bam. Didn't make any of these. Those are all fake. Really? Yeah. I probably threw 20 Automatic. of those. I was like 0 for 20. Automatic. <laughs> oh, here you go. I can hit moving targets. Look too. at this facility. That's a runway back there for planes. <laughs> three for three. So you hit that one. I did. I didn't look real, though. Pick me, man. Pick me. They even said, they were like, we don't even care if they're real or not. Like, you might hit it, but it depends on... If they want to use it or not. Nice. That didn't look real either. NFL.com fantasy file. Bam, in your face. So your 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 words there were bam. Bam. Another one. Automatic. Automatic. <laughs> three for three. Dude, you look like you're 12 years old. Damn. Wait, so what's the most money you've taken in a crossbar competition, which is oh. a big competition for NFL quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, usually it was always like, you know, $100, things like that, yeah. like just for the day, whatever it would be. But, you know, you'd go out – Let's, you know, first guy to hit the crossbar from the five-yard line two times. First one to go, you know, you work your way back all to like the 25 or 30, and whoever gets done hitting the target the most times in the 30, you're, you're, you're there, right? right? You win. And, yeah, I mean, I just – Who know, was the best at it that was a non-quarterback? Oh, man, there's been a few guys. I'll tell you, the best guy I ever was with, he's not, he wasn't on my NFL team, but it would have been Roy Williams, the receiver really? from, De- you know, Detroit Cowboys, yeah. seventh, seventh pick of the draft. Roy – Roy was the only position guy I was ever around that could throw the ball about as far as I could. Mm. Roy could launch it. That's crazy. Like Roy and I could both – we'd sit there and he, he could throw it 75, 76 in the air and so could I. Uh, so he would be the one guy that I was like, damn, Roy's going to do this with me? Okay. That's so I can't funny. lose the freaking wide receiver. Yeah, if you've seen the Arizona uh, – Following them uh, the last Amazon year, show, right? Patrick Peterson was always the one competing with the quarterbacks and beat some of the quarterbacks. Oh, that's because some of the greatest times in my life, man, doing things like that. Just like after practice? Just after practice, you know, walk through the day before the game, play the punt game, throw cash on the floor. Like you play the punt game What's too. What's the punt game? Like punt it from the 50-yard line. Who can roll it inside the 10 without it getting into the end zone, right? Who can get it the closest? What did punters think about that? Uh, you know, they would always look at us and just laugh. They, you know, Because they could like hit it nine miles in the air and land it like right in the four we were oh. like hitting squibbers that were hitting like the 25 and rolling to the five it's like I mean? me playing golf <laughs> right. you're trying to get it very early Just on catch it, it down catch the a breeze. Runway. <laughs> exactly another twitter question this one from uh colin crilly undercover eagle which rookie quarterback is set up for the most success in the future not necessarily right away but in the long run so of course you have patrick mahomes in kansas city you have mitch trubisky excuse me Mitchell Trubisky with the Chicago Bears. Yep. You have Deshaun Watson with uh, the Houston Texans. Yes. You have Davis Webb with the New York Giants. Is there anyone else that you'd put in this? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think Deshaun Kaiser is going to be in this. Mix Deshaun right Kaiser away this with year. the Cleveland Browns. So he's certainly going to be there, and I think he oh, will. Here you go. Check it out. There you Joshua go. Joshua Dobbs, Pittsburgh. Chad Kelly, Denver. Brad Kaya, Detroit. Nathan Peterman, Buffalo. C.J. Bethard. Listen, uh, the guy, the, I, the guy I look at. You know, the the Mitchell Trubisky, Deshaun Watson thing is interesting. First of all, I think just to dive into that real quick. Yeah, both of those teams, they have three legit quarterbacks, right? Like the Bears have Glennon, who's going to be their starter. Right. They have Mark Sanchez. Oh, yeah. And then you have Trubisky. How do you balance the reps? I think those are conversations that people don't really realize. Mark Sanchez went to the Cowboys. I First, know. he was on the Broncos yes. and got beat out, and they drafted a rookie. Then goes to the Cowboys, and yes. they draft Tack Prescott, and then he goes, Duke can't be a solid backup. So that's, that's interesting there. So where, that's where I look at like a guy like, uh, who do we get the backup in Houston right now? Brandon Whedon is there right. with Deshaun Watson. Like those guys, Brandon Whedon, Mark Sanchez are going to probably be the backups week one, but probably get the least amount of reps out of their quarterbacks on their team mm. because they're going to go, you know, our rookie first rounder, we're going to give him some of your reps. Brandon Whedon, Mark Sanchez, you've run enough offensive plays. We don't yeah. need to waste reps on you. So that's interesting. But I still think it's Patrick Mahomes. Best. You love Andy Reid with him. I just think Andy Reid, he is true West Coast guy where they just make it like you've seen the old videos with him and Brett Favre or Donovan. 
they make it all about the quarterback and they empower the quarterback and they make him feel warm and cozy and we're building the offense around you and what you do awesome and you're the man and they kind of formulate the team around that as well and I just look at the Chiefs Andy Reid's always a great offensive line evaluator and then they have some weapons on the outside and you got a guy that's not super talented in front of him like Tom Savage is more talented physically throwing the ball than Alex Smith. I mean, you Mahal- mean, you mean uh, Deshaun Watson? Or no, I'm even saying like just oh. the starters, like you know, the starter from Houston Texans, Tom Savage, right now. Like he's going to be more impressive to his teammates out in the field every day during training camp than Alex Smith is going to be to his teammates. Right. And it's going to look more dis- there's more of a disparity. They're going to see Alex Smith throw a five yard out, and they go, "Oh, that's a good play." And Mahomes, Mahomes has the cleanest storyline. Yeah. They just paid all that money to Glennon. It's going to be weird with Trubisky. Yes. Uh, in in Houston, they still want to see Savage, but also it's like the defense is carrying it. Kansas City, it's like a passage. Alex Smith has been this already with Colin Kaepernick. He knows how it goes. Uh, there's no pressure on Patrick Mahomes early, whereas Deshaun Watson, it's you're the number one defense in the NFL last year. You could have beaten the Patriots. Can you be the difference? Uh, yes, I know. That's that's a, that's the big thing. And like I told you, and you know we've talked about this a lot, I just think Deshaun Watson, he's going to have the hardest learning curve because of the offense he came from. And then that offense in in, in uh, Houston is legit. It's It's New England terminology, and it's a lot. Uh, get us in the Facebook comment section right now. We're going to do a few more questions before we bounce because that's really uh, all I had. I'm, I'm sweating. I'm hot. Like, I'm, I'm Got surprised pit stains you see anything. On a Monday afternoon. Um, yeah, Lucas Straczynski saying Andy Reid is the best coach at getting the most out of his quarterbacks, maybe other than Belichick. The offense is super easy to pick super up. Super easy. They find plays to make it easy on the quarterback, too. Like, as a quarterback, Lefko, like, as a host of a show, you don't want to grind through every segment. Every now and then you just want a segment of, like, let's just talk and be right. normal, right? And the quarterback, you're the same way, too. I don't want every play have to call three plays in the huddle, get to the line of scrimmage, dummy snap count. Like, you got to give the quarterback a playoff every now and then. Gonna go, you know what? This guy's going to be open on the this play through my studies all week and play mm-hmm. design. Just throw it to this guy. And Andy Reid and a Belichick are great at that. Want to give a shout out to my Aunt Randy. What love, up, love Aunt, Aunt Randy? Aunt Randy. Aunt Randy. She's my mom's sister. Okay. Love you. What up, Randy? Uh, Steve DeDonata. Adam, are you still down with Odell Beckham? Hell what? yeah. Odell Beckham retweeted our video with Justin Pugh, and my phone was going ape nuts. 1,500 retweets on that was awesome. Dane Zabel, over under 1,200 rushing yards for Fournette. Over. Ooh. Yep. Um, uh, Brett Threlkeld. Sims, how much of a beast was Mike Allstott? Oh, man. Mike Allstott was uh, uh, one of my favorite teammates ever. Mike Allstott, I just never saw a human being in my life who could get so low and take on hits. I mean, he literally could run full speed and get like his right shoulder down by his right ankle and take a hit and bounce off it and keep running. Like one of those things, like Mike Allstott's a sneaky Google Mike Allstott highlights, oh. and you're gonna go, damn, like plowed people. There's just some runs on there where you're like, that is amazing. Like that we is had the old podcast story of him. Uh, what was it? Pranking somebody and taking all of the pieces of their car off and hanging it from a goalpost. Yes, he just was do stuff like he was the best. Uh, Sal Primahita, this is for you okay. because you are a fantasy football expert. Yep. Who's your number one pick in fantasy football right now? No, you don't go quarterbacks, right? That's Supposedly too easy. Not, no. That's not what you do. I want to go wide receiver, or running back. No, it, I mean to me, all the way, it's David Johnson. David Johnson. David Johnson. You're yes. feeling that confident? I Apparently, do. the reports he wants 30 carries a game, 30 third, touches a game. Third year in the NFL, he's going to know everything in the offense. They're desperate, and they're going to go give it to that young stud. I would go mm. David Johnson. Steve DeDonata asks Lefko, your favorite Thrones character other than Jon Snow, Tyrion, and Daenerys. I'm going to go now. It's Zombie One One because mm. every time I see One One, I think about Phil Simms. Yeah, and I think it's hilarious. What was that one name you just said there? Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah, or Tyrion Lannister. I don't know. You said like I don't even know what Daenerys you said. Targaryen is the blonde dragon lady. Tyrion Lannister is the uh, little person uh, that's very quippy, and Jon Snow is the main character. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, Sebastian Cedarowski, who's the best teammate you've ever played with? Oh man, that's a great question. Uh, best teammate I ever played with. Whew, hold on, let me just ra- like get through my brain here. 
Man, Joey Galloway, I would say, would probably be my best teammate ever. Joey Galloway. I mean, I had some good ones in Tennessee where I think about Kerry Collins and, you know, Mike Roos and some of the stud offensive linemen we had there. Kyle Vandenbosch was an amazing teammate. Man, when I was in Denver, I mean, of course, I loved my time with uh, Brandon Marshall. Right. Your man, Brian Dawkins, was oh. one of the most interesting guys day to day. But I think as a whole and just a, an extended period of time, yeah, you know, Allstott's in that conversation as well. Rondé Barber. Oh, you love Rondé. Yeah, Rondé's my guy. And, hold and on. Joey Galloway. Those two. It's probably Rondé and Joey, really. I can't believe you didn't say Dwight Smith. Oh, my gosh. You're right. You know, so Dwight was only my teammate for, like, one year. But he like, is but like he's my homie. Friend. You're right. Uh, Chris Kerman asked before that, any good Joey Galloway stories? We're going to end there. Gosh. Joey. All right, so here's a Joey Galloway story really quick. Joey Galloway coming up to train with me right after the 2005 season. We lost to the Redskins in the wildcard playoff game. Now it's maybe early March, and he wants to come up and catch footballs. He's going to come up here to Jersey because I used to train in Jersey and stay here in the offseason. So he's going to come up, and I said, well, dude, one of the days I'm going to work out at a gym, and like you got to come with me. That's part of the deal. And he's like, well, man, I haven't worked out. You know, I've, All I've done is kind of run on the treadmill. Yeah. I haven't worked out since the last game. So we get there, and like we're going to have a for real workout, okay? And Joey's wearing uh, like windbreaker pants, and he's wearing high-top Air Force Ones. And the day he's there, we're running tempo forties for and, time, and, laser finish. And Air Force Ones are the worst They're shoes bricks. ever. They're to like run in. concrete, right? Yes. So we start running the forties, and my trainer's like, "Hey, Joey, be careful. You know, I know you've been running a while." And Joey says he hasn't done anything but jogging the treadmill in seven weeks. <laughs> First forty, he runs four eight. Oh, that was nice. Uh, whatever. He just like and Joey like hops down the track. It's like oh, well, like four eight. Another forty, a few minutes later, runs it. You know, four seven three. And then it goes four six five. And then it goes four five nine, and then it goes four five one. Oh, Joey's warmed up now, I guess. So finally, Joey ran four three nine and like four four one laser, without running in six weeks in windbreaker pants and six pound shoes on each foot. I mean, were you getting faster every time? I was getting, but I was topped at like four seven five. That was it for me. Yeah. Mine started more like five flat. Right. Four nine five. So that first four, one, you were like five, and he was four nine. Well, You're I like, knew hey. I, I was going. I was like already pushing the limit, and he's just jogging. But yes, he ran four four flat, and I think four three nine. In con- I mean, he's the fastest guy I was ever around. I, I played with Chris Johnson his rookie year. CJ two K. CJ two K was not as fast as Joey Galloway on his best day. Man, that's what I would say. We have some unreal iTunes comments that we're going to get to on Wednesday. We're going to get really weird. And head coach of the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, will be joining us. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. If you can, share the podcast with everybody. Put it on your social media. We always appreciate it, and I love reading your comments out on the show. Subscribe. And, of course, if you leave us a five-star review and a comment, I will read your name and I will read your comment. And we have some really good ones. Kyle Shanahan. And if you want to hit me up on Twitter, at Adam Lefko, hit me up with questions for Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, do that. We will get it to him. Don't cross the line. He's a head coach. We're going to try and make it really awkward yeah. for him because he owes it to us. He does. And he's going to take it. Take it. Uh, to everybody that was hitting us up in Facebook, you guys were great. Love you. For Sims. Peace out, homies. I'm Lefko. We'll holler at you on Wednesday.